ScaleWell Podcast. How to use technology to scale your business. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the ScaleWell Podcast. My name is Phil Bean. I'm here with my co-founder, Matt Gamble. We're two of the founders of Nudge Coach, an easy-to-use client management platform for fitness and wellness businesses. And today we have with us the executive director of Fitness Revolution, Ryan Ketchum. He's a fitness business and marketing expert. He and his team at Fitness Revolution help fitness business owners build high-performing fitness businesses, multiply their profits, and discover more freedom so they can turn their passion into profits. Ryan, I really appreciate you hanging out with us for about an hour here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Phil and Matt, thank you guys for, for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And Ryan, I, one thing I wanted to make sure, we didn't talk about this before the episode, but you also are quoted as being a peanut butter enthusiast on, on the website. So I didn't know if that was, <laughs> does that need to be a separate episode or are we going to touch on that one here too? This could be a dangerous rabbit hole. Yeah, this is okay. Okay, I got lectured this morning by my wife about (laughs) eating all of my son's peanut butter. Um, So she's like, "I just wish you'd tell me if you were going to eat it all. I'd go buy more." Um, And I didn't think I thought I toned it down a little bit, but um, I guess not. So yeah, I don't know what it is about peanut butter. That's that's my thing. That's what's that's good to know. I have to say I share that. Yeah, passion. yeah. The saddest part of it is I'm the one eating like my dog's peanut butter. Like yeah, peanut butter set aside for my dog. I'm like sneaking a bite here and there. The it's it's kind of like a drug to be fair. It, I know Katie really in the other room usually has some around the around the kitchen. Well the enough about the peanut butter, we'll actually get into meaningful <laughs> things now. But um yeah, Ryan, it's great to have you and I've really enjoyed connecting with you when you and I first met. I guess it was past over the past couple months and kind of excited learning about what you all are doing at Fitness Revolution, especially, I think we're all kind of fighting the same fight and trying to help educate the industry as much as we can on kind of going digital and what tools to use and really helping people try to build that kind of scalable foundation. So would love to kind of hear your story and how did you get tied into Fitness Revolution? Gosh, my story. So my story goes all the way back. I can remember when I was a little kid going to the gym. This is never fly now. Like, my dad was in powerlifting, um, you know, like he didn't ever compete as a bodybuilder, but that type of training. Right? So I'd go to the gym after school with him when I was like five or six years old and just run around the gym and we'd be in like some hole in the wall thing. Like, <laughs> you'd never see a little kid do that now. People no. <laughs> completely lose it. That's the culture I grew up in was, was that. And then through my athleticism, my athleticism, through my athleticism, through my athletic career, I, uh, which my athleticism, I think, uh, contributed to a little bit, um, I was able to continue kind of using that as a differentiator for myself to help me get better. Right? So I knew that I had that passion for the weight room. I wasn't going to try to skirt those things and, and not work on the strength and the speed and, and the things like that that were going to help me become better. I saw that as a competitive advantage for myself. So I used that. To then go to college, I competed at a pretty high level at Indiana University in track and field and just had really good experiences with strength coaches. Um, and then I had bad experiences with strength coaches as well. Not that it was their fault. I think some of it was a personality thing, but that whole industry is kind of, uh, it's very much like the good old boys network. Thing. Yeah. And I saw a strength coach that I had a really good relationship with. Um, yeah, for lack of a better word, they got screwed over. Um, and you know, to the politics, it's the normal stuff you expect it in that, that, that career path that really turned me off to thinking like originally I thought that's where I was going to head was 
somewhere in being involved with collegiate athletics or athletics at some level. And that really turned me off to that. And I really didn't know what I was going to do from there. So hated the business background, oddly enough, which is what I do now pretty exclusively. <laughs> I couldn't stand business stuff. Didn't have any interest in going to school to be a doctor or physical therapy. Like didn't want to go to school that long. Um, for whatever reason, this like, completely turned me off from that. So I was at this, right at the, the edge of being able to compete internationally um, as a, I was a shot putter and discus thrower um, in college. So I was right at that cusp. I thought, well, I'm going to give this a whirl. I'm going to, I'm going to try to, to keep this going and compete at the international level. And so I um, had no way to make money and I didn't really want to go get a full-time job because that, I never really appealed to me. Like I'd always kind of just made things work on my own. You know, I'm that like serial entrepreneur. I like, started this lawn mowing business when he was 10. Um, <laughs> I put an ad in our church bulletin and then told my parents about it later um, when I got jobs and they had to drive me around to, to mow the yards. I've always done that. And I thought, well, this is easy. I'll just go get some clients. Um, well, it didn't turn out to be that easy, but that's how my whole career in fitness got started. I uh, started training athletes and then originally like went through my own weight loss transformation. And so that's where I got this passion for helping people transform their bodies and lose weight. And so I started to build my business around that. And that's when things really took off. Like I was done competing. I put all of that energy towards being a building a business mm-hmm. and, and really, I mean, making ends meet because at the end of the day, you've got to pay the bills. So did that. And at some point I came to this crossroads where I realized I wasn't, you know, just running a fitness business probably wasn't going to be the end game for me. Um, I loved what I did, but that wasn't the end game. And I kind of thrive off the spotlight for better or worse. That's I do. So I looked at, well, I'm not going to create some sort of new exercise method. Like I'm good at what I do, but I'm not innovative like enough to do that in that field. So but I had some skills on the business side that I thought I could teach and help other people. Hmm. I just happened to have some peers and mentors in the same space as well. And so I chose that path. So I'm going to be the business guy here. Um, so I started going down that path. And how I got involved with Fitness Revolution then, um, back when it was just Fitness Consulting Group, we've been through a couple of rebranding phases. Right. Um, you know, I met my current business partner, Nick Barry, um, at an event. Um, I think I showed up at this event like to meet them. Just it's kind of like your typical story where you just show up and you pay to to go to this bigger event and you do a side you know meeting where you go meet some people and this meetup and you just kind of connect and you know, I just kind of put myself in the the right places enough times and things clicked. I started doing more and more with them and then you know when we started Fitness Revolution became a partner in that. Um, and now we're, where we're at today. So, uh, that's kind of how I got started with this whole thing. And, and over time, I, I sold my fitness business, um, decided to do this full time was about three years ago now. Um, and you know, this is where I think I can have the biggest impact. And so that's why I did that. A lot of people ask like, you know, if you're so good at what you can do with business, why'd you get rid of yours? Um, and it's because I, I think this is where I can have the biggest impact. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's kind of a long story. No, no, no. I mean, that's it's a great story. But so, tell me a little bit how that transition occurred when you were kind of running your own fitness business and you started kind of noticing, hey, I, I think I can provide 
assistance to some of these other guys and, and gals doing the same thing and providing help to their business. What did, I mean, what were some of the initial questions that, you know, is it people saying, Hey, Ryan, I need help with the books or I need help, you know, on the marketing side, how were, what were people coming to you with? Oh man, at that time it was like the wild west days of fitness. Right? I mean, all you had to do was like have a pulse and be able to go find a warehouse and you can start a fitness. <laughs> Uh, things have changed so much since then. But as I went through that transition, um, it was a lot of the, the groups that I was involved with and the, the networks I was involved with, they saw the success we were having. Um, and what I started to do was I, I realized very quickly I, I did not want to be up at five, training clients all the way to like eight or nine at night, five, six days a week. That, that wasn't going to work. Um, and I, I went through that period where like, I'll outwork you. I will work 24-7 if I have to to outwork my competition. It, it's kind of where I was. So I just shifted my train, my focus from the training mm-hmm. to I'm going to bring in other people to do this. Um, and so much of it was just a competition too for me. It's like somebody else was doing something. I want to be a little bit better. Uh, that's just kind of how my mind operates. But as we did that and people started seeing the success we were having, they started seeing that we were bringing on employees. We we're bringing on other trainers to train for us. Um, you know, I was able to get away and go to a lot of these meetings and go to these events and, and not really worry about whether the business was doing okay or not. So the questions I started getting, I was like, how do I get clients? How do I hire trainers? Probably the top two questions overall, um, just because people, they need to make more money and then they want to free up more of their time, um, which is kind of like the, that's the pinnacle of, of making it in business, I guess. And it's world. funny because I think you, you hear the question come up a lot. You know, I've heard certainly advisors ask me this kind of, are you working in the business or on the business? And I think we've all heard that before. And it's probably interesting, especially in fitness. I feel like a lot of people are kind of really sucked into working in the business and to look around and see someone like you, who's able to kind of control their schedule a little bit more. I'm sure everybody's kind of scratching their head and like, well, shoot, how do we, how do we get to that point? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, I, w- I wish I could sugarcoat it and be like, man, it's it's easy. Like, yeah. you just, it's like this step, right? And there's a process. I mean, there's a formula for the whole thing. Um, everybody's passed a little different. You spend a little bit of like, little different time in each area. But I look at this as, through my experience at least, with myself and the clients we work with. So, you know, this is what we do: is we coach people that are in it, that trying to make more money, trying to build. You know, we say high performing businesses. To us, that's something that allows you to follow and do what you love to do and do what you're best at doing. Um, but it's also scalable. Um, so that's, you know, means a little different thing to different people. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to create multiple facilities. It just means that you're able to pursue the opportunities that you want to and you're not tied down and, and held back because you're limited by all the challenges that are around you. So it's really about that balance of like how many issues versus opportunities am I dealing with at any given time. Um, you know, as you go through and look at the in the business, on the business, it's really challenging at first. You go through these stages and the first stage, I just call it like hustle and grow. Like your first 10000 like to get to the first $10,000 a month mark, that's like you can work your ass off and just get there. Um, so you just have to work really hard and be good at what you do. Like those are the two things. And if you do that, you can get to $10,000 a month. You hit that and that's where the ceiling kind of comes in. Now, you can't do it all on your own. You're going to burn out. It's just going to happen. Like Not everybody has 
a battery that'll just go for hours upon hours and hours every day, 365. It's just not going to work. So at that point, we call it like systemizing. You got to systemize and grow. And so you've got to bring in systems so that you can replicate yourself. So that could mean technology. That could mean, you know, hiring other people. Sometimes it's both. You've got to use automation. Um, that's kind of the cool part about where we're at now. Things are changing so fast. Technology is coming in so fast that it allows you to differentiate and automate what you're doing to make life a lot easier for you. I mean, we didn't have a lot of this stuff. And I say we didn't have, I sound like I'm the guy that like walked yeah. up, uphill both ways. To yeah. Say, <laughs> you all can't see Brian maybe, but Brian is 85 years old if you can't <laughs> see him. Yeah. We um, actually have a guy on our team that's 26 and we joke because we're like, you're an 85-year-old in a 26-year-old body. <laughs> well, the, uh, it's, you know, it's interesting hearing you talk about all this because it's, it's, you know, we've had, you know, we do these episodes pretty regularly and it, you know, have those in fitness and have those having their own private medical practice. And it's, I'm seeing more and more people kind of in fitness and wellness who are also, you almost have to be a digital marketing specialist as well. Like no one tells you that when you're first, you know, getting certified or going to school, but they basically, you know, they get out of school or get, get through programs. It's like, okay, now you need to figure out how to market yourself and sell. And it's, you know, now you're kind of a full spectrum professional. And it's, I don't think anyone really prepares you for that until you kind of get spit out. And there you go. I mean, that's, is, and so what are some of the common themes you're seeing from the people you're working with, some of the clients you'll work with Fitness Revolution? Man, most of them, they, you're, you're spot on. They don't know that they, for some reason, they have a misconception that like marketing and selling is bad, um, that there's something not right about it. Um, a lot of times they have a negative self-talk too, that they don't want to do it because of those misconceptions or misperceptions about what it is. But if we think about it, like you're marketing and selling all day long every day. So when I'm training a client to make a change in their life, so whether it's to show up to the workouts or to change your nutrition, whatever it is, I'm marketing and selling that idea yeah. to them. I've got to get that buy-in. So the better you get at positioning yourself as an expert and being able to basically persuade clients to do what they want to do, then the better off you're going to be because you're going to get better results, which will lead to a better business overall. But those skills are, are translatable across all of these different areas. It's, you know, it helps you grow your business, but it also helps you and achieve these initiatives you want to achieve with your clients. So, you know, these common themes, people come in, I mean, the biggest one is um, they, you know, everybody wants to run Facebook ads. They want to do the digital marketing. Um, they kind of just look around and see what is everybody else doing? Um, and what's working for everyone else. The problem is, is they don't see behind the curtain at all. They see the perception of what's working and they don't actually know what's working. So what they do, because they don't know, you know they don't know how to market or sell. They don't understand the basic principles behind it. So what they do is they just go copycat everybody and they just keep randomly doing stuff. And it's just like this shotgun approach. And I hope something works for me. But they have no idea why it works or how to how to replicate it when it does work. We it's funny we had an episode I think it was within the past two weeks actually and we were just talking about this how it's become such a me too business that people just start copying others and then just say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna price right below them and then it's this slippery slope where everyone's just competing on price and before you know it everyone you know it's dirt cheap across the industry to work with a professional and it's kind of driven everything down so. Just, uh, it, it's amazing to see that happening more and more. And we just, I think one of the key lessons to take away is 
don't sell yourself short. Don't undervalue yourself. I think we see so many professionals that fall into that kind of rat wheel, just kind of going round and round, just trying to compete on price. That's a dangerous, dangerous game to play um, when you're you're competing on price. It's exactly what you said. It's just we're just going to keep undercutting each other until until somebody gets to the bottom, and eventually you just can't run your business that way. It's not going to work. So, you know, positioning is such a big deal in marketing. It's how are you positioning yourself? Um, and so much of that's it's just your marketing message, right? It's what you say out to the world. So it's your brand. Um, it's how your website looks. It's the language you use. Um, so how do you speak about things? Um, you know, so much of this positioning helps you get yourself above that and you don't have to compete on price when you can clearly relay the benefits to your clients or your tar- to your target market, the potential clients of how you help them. Uh, people pay for value. Right? I mean, I had this debate on it didn't really a debate. It was a banter back and forth on <laughs> Facebook today. So I posted a message about, I went and got my oil changed at a dealership and we just moved. So I was looking for somewhere new and this place had express lane. They opened at seven 30 in the morning and I'm like, awesome. No appointment. This is like right up my alley right, yeah. in my language. So immediately like their marketing is really good for the busy person, right? Express lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get you in no appointment really fast. Well, they come in and, they ask a couple questions. And this was like sales 101. And it, it really impressed me. He said, like, well, do you have a service pack? I said, well, no. And I mean, he immediately asked, well, would you like one? Well, I don't know. What is it? And he says, well, you can buy four oil changes for 79 bucks. Um, so, you know, one's going to cost you, I think it was like 35 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Much. And he's like, you have two years to use it. I was like, awesome. Do it. Like, that's cool. I don't have to ever think about what I'm going to do again. I'll just buy it right now. That's fine. Then he asked a series of other questions like, how are your windshield wipers doing? Uh, and I was like, I don't know, the driver's side ones, it probably needs done, just change them. Okay. So he just asked me this series of, of upsells. And to me, you know, I value my time. So <laughs> if they can, I can go change my windshield wipers, no problem. But to drive to wherever I'd have to go to drive to the store to get the, the windshield wipers and then change them, it's just not worth the extra yeah. hassle. And if he hadn't asked you, you never would have done that. Right. Yeah, I never would have done that. So he positioned it to where it's like value to me, right? And somebody on Facebook was like, oh, you got ripped off. You didn't understand something. I understood the whole process. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do this for a living. Yeah. I, I, I understand the process, but it was the value position, right? It was the express lane that got me. It was, hey, I did save money. So they gave me a discount on the four oil changes. Um, but they have me now as a long-term customer. So I might have spent $35 one time. But now they know that they've got me coming back four times for 80. So they've increased the value of the transaction. Yeah. But it was all about a value exchange there. And yeah, that's what the it off doesn't apply when you feel like the value you've received is greater than the cost. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. So you knew the benefits to me, right? Like, hey, you get four for this and you never have to worry about it. That's like, he didn't do a great job of communicating that. But I mean, it was already initiated there. And that's where fitness pros go wrong all the time is I think that there is a, and this is going to sound bad because I hate sound like I'm ripping on fitness professionals or trainers. I'm not, they're all really good people. Like it's one profession where everyone is like, they truly care about what they're doing and mm-hmm. have passion for it. The problem is there's a lot of insecurities there uh, for whatever reason. Um, 
and most of it's because we got started out in fitness because of an insecurity, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and so with that, they're always afraid to, you know, they're trying to build themselves up to the client when the client could care less about you. It's about them. What do you have that helps them? When you mm-hmm. show them that, like that's what marketing is all about. I have to speak directly to that client. Um, so that whole long story about the the sales thing was like they knew, like I just well they didn't know this, but I mean it was positioned perfectly for somebody like me who just doesn't want to spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, like, that's a great marketing play, and yeah, it's not a rip off. They didn't. All they had to do was ask me if I wanted it, and there's no high pressure. But if you can do that with your clients, so if you can position yourself where. The value exchange is they see it as a win for them. Like they're taking yeah, the advantage yeah. almost. Sales and marketing is easy when you do that. Well, you, you touched on a couple of things I wanted to kind of pull back around. You, you were touching a little bit on kind of positioning and then as well as kind of, um, you know, providing value and a little bit on thought leadership. I guess from your, I'd love to hear from your perspective, you know, what are the steps a professional can take to start kind of, you know, positioning themselves as kind of a thought leader in their space? So this is something that's interesting, especially with social media and like the way technology is today is everybody tries to compete against everybody else in the world, right? Yeah. So I think for trainers and people that are running a fitness business, that's a mistake. Focus on your community, like dominate your community. Yeah, right, right, right. Then you can expand out if it takes off that way. So you don't have to worry about putting like positioning yourself against your peers that you know or are friends with on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And that's what you see a lot of times. So that's the first mistake. Think about how can I make myself the expert in my market, like the Mm -hmm. clients that I'm actually going to work with. That's the first step. So what I do is, you know, we teach kind of a step-by-step process. You don't want to build your business around what somebody else is offering. So you kind of got to have your, your values and your principles set. But once you have that and you know what you're offering from there, you need to go research your competition. You need to know what's their position. So what, what are they saying to their market? What are they saying makes them different? Um, what are their price points and what are their offers? Once you know that, you can start to collect a lot of this information about yourself that, you know, we call them differentiators. And in a differentiator, you're not looking for just one statement or one thing that makes you absolutely unique from everyone else. You need like a combination of things that makes you unique. So, you know, you can't use the way you deliver a service necessarily as the only differentiator. Someone just copy that and all of a sudden you're not different. Mm-hmm. But if you have this collection of things like, hey, we've helped... Um, so it can be stats. So, you know, our average client loses X amount of pounds in the first 30 days they're with us. Right? That's a huge marketing statement to right, right. the fat loss expert. Um, you know, voted number one in your area. You know, every newspaper, every media outlet has those awards in their area. You can get voted that multiple years in a row, like three years running. Um, you know, so ratings, reviews, awards, results, and stats that you get. Um, and then any way that you uniquely or innovatively deliver your service. So if they're using something like a, a technology, whether it's something to test body composition or tracking or anything like that, if you know that you're using that, your competition isn't, you can put that out in your marketing um, to say maybe like we're the most cutting edge. We're always staying on top of, of the latest technology to help our clients deliver a result. The key to knowing those things is understanding then, I guess, communicating it to position yourself. Right. That's kind of your ammo 
well, how do I deliver that ammo out into the market? Well, I have to understand how does that benefit my client? Why is that important to my client? So the trick I always teach our coaching clients are every time you say something about your business, so a feature or any of this, say, so that. And what comes after the so that is the thing that's important to the client. So it's where, you know, we have this technology that we use. And so that, and whatever is meaningful to the client, you have to understand why the client would benefit from it. When you can communicate that, now you're starting to really get your marketing message out there and you'll start to attract the right types of people. I'm glad you brought up the technology piece because there's one thing I think Phil and I talk about pretty frequently and a lot with our guests in general. It's just the role technology plays in a client experience and how we see too frequently that businesses try to just bolt on technology in a way that's not necessarily fitting it within the client experience. It's just hey, here's a cool, shiny new thing. Let's incorporate it. Boom, here we go. And we just see a lot of uh, initiatives fail because of that. So I'd be curious to kind of get your thoughts on kind of how you see the role of technology play in the client experience of the facility. That's, that's an amazing point. And stuff people don't think about. They think that just tacking on something's going to yeah. make them different or special. The client's going to understand it. So, you know, we talk a lot about there's an internal marketing initiative every time you launch a new technology or anything new in your business. So if you're going to try to get your clients to adapt to something, like you need to have an onboarding process. How do they understand? How do they make sure that they know how to use it? Mm-hmm. Do you have the education set up? Do they understand why it's valuable to you and to them? Um, and so you've got to market that to them to get them on board. It also has to fit in and integrate into the whole experience. Like you said, you have to figure out how are we going to constantly keep it in front of them? So I think, you know, one thing with technology, especially things that people have to access, you know, an app on a phone or go on the computer to log into something is you're asking them to go to one more place. And if they're not used to going to that place or they don't have a purpose for it, then it's going to be harder to get them to, basically start to use that and and initiate that whole behavior that you want them to initiate. And so you're going to have to educate them and kind of constantly keep it in front of them until it becomes a habit overall. So when people do this right and they integrate it into their system, so whether they're talking about it in their sessions or they use the reports that they get from the technology um, or, you know, it's in the onboarding process when they talk to a client and they sign them up, like that's part of what they do. You know, now it's not just this other thing that clients have to keep track of. Um, it's inside yeah. of this whole system and it's got a purpose. Um, you know, it has to serve some sort of purpose to help them reach their goals. And so it all kind of goes back to those benefits, but it, it is a, a marketing initiative to get that off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I like that you really harped on the client experience there. It's just not a, a word that we hear enough of in the fitness industry. We think, you know, it's, I guess, coming from the technology space, yeah, we yeah, kind yeah. of obsess over it. But, you know, it, the lessons you can learn from that are so important. And just for a fitness professional, it's just putting yourself in the client's shoes for once and, and kind of thinking about every step of the process to make sure it's coherent and flows uh, seamlessly. But um, how are some different ways that you actually are engaging with some fitness business owners now and how are different ways that they can work with you and, and kind of different stages where you pick up with clients at this point? Oh man. So typically like we work with clients at all different ranges. So we'll get them just starting up to 
Um, you know, people that are running really well, like 40, 50, $60,000 a month businesses, but they're stuck. I need to get to this next level. I just don't know what to do. Um, our ideal client is they're, they've got off the ground already. Um, that's usually the hardest part. And I like to see that somebody's, you know, kind of put the hustle in yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to show like you've got the chops to hang in this industry because you've got to be good at what you do. That's just a prerequisite. Now it used to be that, you know, if you were good, you automatically stood out. Um, mm-hmm. and now there's a lot of really good fitness professionals out there. Um, I want to see if you've got a little bit of business acting. Like, have you already started to do some things? So, you know, if you're like at that $5,000 a month mark and then, or anywhere above there, that's where we're really going to be able to come in and help you out. Um, and then we come in with different marketing initiatives, different marketing systems, helping you with that. Uh, but really we try to separate ourselves with the marketing stuff. Like it's really important for business owners to think strategically a lot. Like, you know, we were talking about with the client experience, like we can't just focus on the marketing. Um, we've got to look at the business owner as a whole. Um, you know, as the business owner, so many trainers, this industry beats you up. Like it just chews people up and spits them out. Um, and I mean, Technology is the same way. So it's really tough. You know, it's hard to make it. So there's no easy pass, not a nine to five. So we have to focus on the business owner because at the center of every high performing business is a high performing business owner. You're doing this and you have to have something come back to you. So we focus on your well-being first, kind of what's your vision? Where do you want to go? Think about your goals and everything has to kind of line up. Um, a, a lot like the client experience, like there has to be a purpose for everything that we're doing. Um, you know, if you create a training program for a client to help them lose 50 pounds, well, we don't start off at the end, like the stuff you're going to do at the end. We start off with the simple stuff and everything has a purpose from there. Um, and we do the same thing with business owners. So, you know, that's, that's probably who we're best suited to, to work with. Um, you know, we'll get the random person that comes in it's just a startup and we're going to help them get off the ground yeah. and, get going um but that's who's going to be a best fit for us um they can find us on and i rambled on and forgot like all the other questions but (laughs) frnation.com is the the best place to find us we've got a ton of free content out there so we try to over deliver um you you could probably find everything on our blog that you would get inside of whatever page thing we have outside of coaching where you're going to get some accountability there but you know, somebody could just follow along with the articles that we've written and the videos we have for free and build an incredible business off of that. If they're yeah. yeah. And I, w- I really wanted to ask you about that. Cause I know we, you know, we spend a lot of time on content and content marketing and, you know, we, we've put a lot of time and effort in trying to position ourselves a certain way in the market. And I think y'all have really done a substantial job too. And a lot of it seems very, you know, I know you all do the hands-on coaching as well, but you have a lot of great, very scalable content and I'm sure you're using some kind of like LMSs and we're, we're seeing more and more businesses doing that saying, Hey Mac, I want to launch this digital coaching program, but I want to have a content component. Some of it's maybe paid, some of it's free. You know, how, how have you all, I guess kind of walk through the process a little bit of how you all have gotten to where you are now with um, kind of building out that, you know, almost curriculum and where that's really taking your business. Uh, it's been a heck of a journey. Uh, it's still confusing at times. We start at the top and work our way down. Um, so you know, we kind of look at things like a pyramid. So we've got different levels of customers and like subscribers and followers or whatever you want to call them. But we've got our kind of elite 
mastermind members. And they're the ones that keep us ahead of the game. Like we're trying to figure out what do they need next? We're listening to their problems and challenges. And when we know what they're asking, we know what's coming in the industry, right? Like they're, they're at the peak, they're kind of leading the way. So that's how we try to stay ahead. So if you can find some like top end customers some advanced customers and work with them and listen to what they say, that'll keep your kind of the ideas flowing for what to create in terms of content. And we just reverse engineer it from there. They kind of get everything. And we break it down and we've got our one-on-one coaching group members and they get a ton of other stuff. Um, And then we go down like the different layers to create this content. And so what we try to do is kind of give, give everything to the top layer and then you just strip stuff out. Um, And it's still really valuable you just might take away maybe a done for you or a ready to use resource that you don't get for free when you read the blog, or you may not get it when you pay the membership site. You have to go to coaching to get yeah. that. I, and I was, I was going to ask you because I think anyone listening would be like, whoa, 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 I thought we weren't supposed to undervalue ourselves. You're talking yeah. about giving content away for free. So I was going to ask, you know, how do you, what's the role of free content is, is basically kind of, I think, an interesting question for both of y'all, both big markets. Yeah, and well, really, what advice would you give a yeah. fitness business owner or professional who's wondering if they should put content out there for free? You should, I think. <laughs> uh, I mean, period. Do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah. There's other ways to do it. Um, I just think right now we're in a world where consumers are more educated, especially in like the fitness mm. niche that they, they aren't as behind as they used to be um, with the popularity of CrossFit, like Reeboks really pushing things and, and people understand more of this nutrition and fitness thing than they did before. So they're out there looking for answers and that's why you need to put the content out there because people are looking for these answers or they, they have a problem. They may not know exactly what it is yet, but they kind of know what they're what they're trying to solve. And if you can create some solutions, make them aware of the problem, um, help them figure out, hey, here's the first steps to getting that problem solved, then you're going to start to attract those people in. And to the point of the free content for me, it's a couple of things. One, I want to build value. So I want to show them that I have something valuable to offer. And two, I want to build trust. If they can, I mean, it's the marketing, like no like, trust, try, buy, repeat, right? Um, if I can get them to know about me through searching free content or seeing an article on Facebook or they hear about us on a podcast and that content's valuable, then great. I've, I've had a positive exchange of value there. It's like yeah. a bank account, right? I've, I've added to their bank account. Well, if it works and they actually apply it and they start to listen to content, they'll start to trust me. Um, When they trust me now, it's easier to get them to do the things that I need them to do, Um, whether it's change things in their business and follow the content and actually put it to use or take the next step and join the program. You know, I'm pretty open with our content too. We all write pretty extensive blog posts or articles And it is giving away a lot of what is behind the scenes. The difference between the free content and the paid content a lot of times is how it's organized. Yeah. You know, I will have themes for our blogs and kind of different marketing themes that we'll go through and talk about a concept, whether it be marketing or sales or running your business or whatever it is. 
know, but it's just kind of random content. It's yeah. small, yeah. high-sized pieces. You've got to figure out how to organize that and put it all together. And you've got to kind of hope that I'm finding the right thing at the right time when I need it. Mm-hmm. When you go to the paid content, we've organized it in the way that you should go through it. So we right. do have a learning management system and you go through the course like you need to go through it so that you have the best chance to get the best results from that. Um, and then there's knowledge checks and there's other resources that mm-hmm. complement it. So it's, it's a nice teaser to your, to, yeah, it's a nice teaser yeah. for the rest of the value and services you all provide. Yeah. Yeah. And then the coaching is um, have somebody tell you exactly what to do. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Basically buying speed at that point. Like I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to figure it out on my own. Somebody's already done it. Somebody's been there. Um, I mean, we are to personal trainers, what they are to their clients. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. to, them to figure out nutrition and training so that they don't have to do it. They probably tried it on their own. They failed. You know, they've had some success and then rebounded and gained their way back or got hurt or whatever it is. Well, we do the same thing for our business owners. They've tried it. They're struggling. Like they just don't want to think about it. Just tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah. And our coaches' jobs are to basically identify a challenge and then say, well, here's what to focus on right now. And the business owner goes and does it. Uh, and so, you know, that's the, the next level. Like why hire a coach follows content out there for free? Well, it's because the coach initiates the action. There's accountability. They remove a lot of the guesswork from it. And you're buying speed at that point. Like somebody's been there, done that. They know how to, uh, you can avoid obstacles, which is even better than overcoming them faster. Yeah. I mean, this day and age, why, why struggle through it yourself when there are other people that have gone through it before? Exactly. I mean, it's, Yep. doesn't make sense. And by one-on-one accountability is worth every penny every time. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that's really what, you know, so many services out there really are providing in the end. It's, you know, you, you grow up, you hear from your mom or your grandma that you should eat your vegetables. Why pay a nutritionist? Because they're going to make you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What's that quote? We're going to go back to that quote you always use. People. Oh my God. People, people like, or need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. That's like my mind. Yes. Yeah, that's like the now. new theme. It's it's not on the walls yet, but I imagine oh, it's gonna, coming soon. It's coming soon. You, you don't know, but I hired yeah, a paint guy already. <laughs> what is it? It's like seven people need to hear something seven times. I mean, there's a stat. I think it's yeah. like seven. Um, then you need to hear something seven times before that like actually sinks in and they remember it. So yeah, they're you're exactly right. Well, Ryan, this is awesome, man. I really appreciate you being on here. Where should people go if they want to learn more about you or Fitness Revolution? Uh, frnation.com is the best place to start and they can subscribe to a newsletter there. I think you guys have a link that has a coaching call. So, um, now that's an entry point for us. If you're interested in coaching me, just like, Hey, I'm stuck in my business. Yeah. You can go through that. Um, and you can find that somewhere on the site. I'm sure if you just bruise around enough, there'll be an opt-in. Well, it'll be in our show notes too. So yeah. we'll make sure to direct. We'll people. take care of you. <laughs> so yeah, definitely don't, don't sweat through yourself. We've got great people like Ryan here who can make your life a little bit easier. So, well, this is awesome. I really appreciate you being on here. This was, I think, fantastic. And I know I always learn a lot from these. So thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. No, Matt and Phil, appreciate it. Um, it was fun. I had a blast. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ryan. And yeah, guys, if you like this episode, go check out a couple more ScaleWell podcasts. Um, download it now. Maybe give it a five-star rating if you like it. We'd certainly appreciate it. Yeah, we, we love the five-star ratings. <laughs> if you don't like it, just don't bother. Um, And, you know, wait for the next one. We got some more great guests coming up soon. Um, And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks.